0: You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're doing Well, it is May. Can you believe it? Like for real. I I can't believe it. It is May. I am tripping. But here we are by the grace of God, praying for you, love you, and uh, just believing it's been a great year. It's been a very unique year, Uh, right when we felt like we were getting out of some of the COVID craziness. This conflict obviously started in Europe. And um, we don't know exactly know where it's all going to lead, but we're trusting God, and um, we're 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 believing for for better days. Praying for you, praying for strength, praying for wisdom, uh, praying that you would be led by the Holy Spirit in the days to come. And uh, we're we're declaring in our church city light. We're declaring it's a year of open heaven. We're we're declaring that. Uh, the heavens are open over us. And no matter what's happening in Egypt, the Bible says the people of God were blessed in Goshen. And so that's my prayer for you as well. I am sitting in a Marriott in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, I am here, been preaching for my dear friend and brother, Pastor Daniel Floyd. Uh, what a gift he is. Daniel and Tammy Floyd lead Life Point Church all over Virginia. Um, it is an incredible, incredible move of God. And um, if you don't know Daniel, you need to know Daniel. If you're not following him on the gram, you need to follow uh, Daniel Floyd. I, I don't have his handle in front of me. He also has an incredible podcast, and uh, I believe it's the Daniel Floyd Leadership Podcast. Just just look up Daniel Floyd on your podcast channels. You'll find LifePoint Church, and then you'll find his um, his podcast as well. He's just an incredible gift. Doctorate, masters, just brilliant. And LifePoint is an incredible church. So anyway, I'm so blessed. Um, Preach Sunday. Then we shot up to D.C. Sunday night and uh, got to be a part of one of Pastor Stephen Furtick's Elevation Nights, which was incredible. And now we're back in Fredericksburg, which is just south of D.C., and we're doing his staff retreat. Um, it's an honor to speak into his staff. And so it's uh, me, Pastor Chris Hodges, just a, just a blast and um, having a lot of fun. So um, God is good. And just want you to check out Daniel. Um, I'm excited about the summer. Got some great things coming up. And uh, if you're in the area, would love to say hi to you. I'm going to be in West Virginia with Justin Enoch and Warehouse Church. It's going to be awesome. Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, and then we're going to be at King's Cathedral in Maui, Hawaii. Um, at the end, so Justin is May 11, and then at the end of May, we'll be with King's Cathedral for their conference last weekend of May. Um, and then I'm going to be with the Life Church in Memphis last weekend of June. Uh, Father's Day weekend, we'll be in Charlotte with Elevation Church. That's going to be incredible. And we will be at the ILM conference Um which is going to be phenomenal, My, Miami, Florida. That's a great uh, pastors and leadership conference going on in, in Miami. And then we'll hop over to July. I'll be with Jared Neiman and Charles Neiman Abundant Church July 6. And then July 10, I'll be at James River um, in Missouri in the morning. And then in the PM, we'll hop over to Kansas City and be with Pastor Kyle Turner Liz Turner uh, at Kingdom City Church, an incredible church in Kansas City. And, uh, and then do a couple of conferences throughout July that I'm excited about, some youth and young adult stuff. And then we will end the month of July with Pastor Ron Woods at the Assembly in Tulsa. So it's just going to be a great summer of ministry. If you're around, come say hi and uh, would love to see you. I want to talk about rest. I want to talk about rest. It is 11.30 p.m. East Coast time. I'm in the hotel. I can't sleep because that's only 8.30 West Coast time. And I'm just, I'm in the Word. I'm reading. I worked out. Um, I ate an okay dinner. I had a little bit of pasta. Don't want to talk about that. But also ate a big salad. Praise the Lord. And I'm just thinking about rest. Um, I don't think most people in ministry would describe ministry and would describe their life to have a great rhythm. And most people, especially who are successful, um, are not great at rest. And yet Jesus invites us into, into this incredible thing in Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary, all who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. So the promise of Christ is rest. I love how Eugene Peterson in the message says, come to me all who are burned out on religion. It goes on to say that I, my yoke is easy. My burden is Light. Again, Eugene, uh Dr. Peterson says, uh, if, if you'll come to me, I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace. And so I I don't think that's how we think about <laughs> ministry. I don't think that's how we think about life as Americans. Um, I don't think the last two years have been restful. We've been on edge. Am I going to get COVID? What's going to happen when I do get COVID? How am I gonna, how's my body going to react to COVID? Am I going to be okay? What, am I going to get the vaccine? How's my body going to react to that? Am I going, you know, there's this, are we going to be able to go on the vacation? Are we not going to be able to go on the vacation? Are we going to be able to move forward with the vision? Are we not? Is the money going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is there going to be an economic downturn on and on? And on. it just hasn't been restful. And yet, there's this supernatural promise from Jesus Christ that there is rest in his presence. And there is an unforced rhythm. Rhythm. Oh, I love that word. Rhythm. We might also want to use the word balance. I've actually heard some guys say, you know, I don't, I don't believe in balance. I believe in rhythm. I, I that's just a play on words, and they're just trying to sound smart. <laughs> balance, rhythm, timing, tempo, um, range. You, you got to know it. Paul called it a metron. Second Corinthians ten. I'm not going to go outside of my metron. I'm not going to go outside of my my meter. I'm not going to go outside of my measurement. So there is a there is a rhythm. You know, I was I was talking to Pastor Daniel Floyd this morning and I I said a great singer isn't a singer who can sing high or low. A great singer, the, the singers we love know their range and stay in their range. And so it, it's, it's learning the unforced rhythm. It's learning the tempo of heaven. It's finding rest in a very stressed out and in a very chaotic world. Let me just give you a few things that I, I just literally opened up my, my phone. I just started typing. And so this is not polished, but I don't think it's polished, but I think it might be a little bit prophetic, okay? Okay. Number One, rest in his presence. rest in his presence. Here, here's what we see all through the Old Testament and even into the New Testament with the Transfiguration and the life of Christ. but but you would see men and they would get alone with God, and God would speak to them. And God said to Moses and God. Said to Abram, and I was caught up in the Spirit, Ezekiel would say. And um, John said, I, w- I, I got caught up on the Lord's day. And Jesus would get up on a mountain to pray. Rest starts in His presence. You need a mountain. You need a mountain. When I, when I talk about a mountain, I'm talking about Zion. I'm talking about a place in his presence. This is what Hebrews said, right? They said our mountain, that's what the writer of Hebrews says, our mountain is not Sinai, the old covenant, but it is Zion. You need a mountain. You need a place where you connect with the holy spirit. You need a place where you connect with almighty God. You need a place where you where you hear from God and God hears from you. You need a mountain. If you're ever going to find the the unforced rhythms of grace cuz we all want that. We all want unforced rhythms of grace. We all want yoke is easy, burden is light. We all want that. But we we forget how he started. Come to me. The unforced rhythm of grace is in his presence. The the easy yoke and the light burden is in his presence. You need a m you need a mountain. Your mountain might be your car, your mountain might be Zion might be your office, Zion might be early, early in the morning. I, I don't know. But I'll say this, and I sound like a—I just sound like a like a broken record at this point because I talk about this stuff so much, but I can't get away from it. You need a time and place. You need a time and place you meet with God, and then you live from the overflow of that time and place. You live from the overflow. You rest in his presence. Man does not live by bread alone, Matthew 4. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that flows, that proceeds, that proceedeth from the mouth of God. So you have to begin to live by the word of God, on the word of God, in the presence of God, drinking from the spirit of God. And this encounter with his presence and this encounter with his word and this encounter with, with the river of God, First Corinthians, I believe it is, I'm going to say chapter 11, chapter 12. Paul said it's from this spirit that we all drink of, that this living water that we drink of. This is a daily encounter with God. I'm not saying every day you cry. I'm not saying every day you get chill bumps. I'm not saying every day you you hear an, a word or get an impression. But I am saying you go to the river daily to drink. You go to, you go every day and eat. Now let's let's talk about bread because Jesus would say in John 6, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The bread that we must consume is the word of God. Jesus is the bread. Jesus is the manna. Here's what we know about the manna. The manna was only good for the day. Y'all think about that? The manna was only good for the day. God said, if you try to store up more than for the day, it will be rotten. So only eat what you need for the day. Only gather what you need for the day. Because it was a it was a it was a test of trust. God was saying, I want you to trust that tomorrow there will be manna on the ground. I want you to trust that I'm your provider. I want I want you to trust that I'm your sustainer. I want you to trust. So I want you to come every day to me, and I want you to eat every day for me. Now there was one exception huh and it was on the sabbath so on friday when they gathered they were to gather for not only friday but for saturday the sabbath day so on sunday they gathered enough for sunday monday they gathered enough for for monday tuesday tuesday wednesday wednesday Wednesday, thursday thursday but on friday they had to gather for friday and saturday why because on saturday they were going to rest And they were going to live in the Sabbath off the overflow, okay? I want to talk to ministers really quick. I find that so many ministers, they actually only really go after God, only consume, only pray, only really go after the Lord on Sunday, they pray like crazy, study like crazy, beg God like crazy, and and maybe even just encounter God on a Sunday at church. But it's actually the opposite of the model. So what so many Christian ministers end up doing is Sunday becomes a day of encounter with God, which which it should be. But then the rest of the week, they don't eat. The rest of the week, they don't drink. The rest of the week, they don't consume. And it should actually be the opposite. See, if you're a minister and you're burnt out, I'm telling you, this is, this is a key for you. You only encounter God, experience God, seek God, pray to God, read the word of God on Sunday. And then you want, and, and it's good, maybe, because there, there's probably a sustaining grace there because the people need to meet with God. But then Monday through Saturday, you do whatever you want to do. That should be the exact opposite. That's not living from the overflow. That's living by just, (laughs) by just enough. The overflow should be Monday through Saturday. I am seeking God, hearing from God, praying to God, eating from the Lord, drinking from the Lord. Eating the bread of his presence, drinking from the water of his spirit. And I've consumed so much that Sunday just becomes an overflow of the feasting that I have done all week. So I should be eating every day the manna from heaven. And I should have so much that when I go into Sunday, I have enough to give to the people. If you feed correctly, you'll have enough fuel for Sundays. One of the things that Tiger Woods talks about, Tiger Woods, excuse me, talks about is that when he he plays a round of golf, he eats something in between every hole. So, plays the first hole, and then he has a protein bar, and then he plays a second hole, and then he has a banana, and then he plays the third hole, and he has a protein shake, and he plays the fourth hole, and he has an apple, and on and on and on. He literally eats something in between every hole. He's feeding and he's fueling, so he has what he needs. You've gotta rest in his presence. Fuel in his presence. Number two, you have to plan your day. Let me get real practical now. You gotta plan your day plan your day every person listening to me I I, I don't care if you're um, I don't care if you're making 50 grand a year 40 grand a year or or 40 million a year every person who is listening to me needs a schedule and a budget you need a schedule and a budget many of you are tired because you don't have a schedule now I'm not going to talk about a budget. Uh, right now, because that, that's for another talk. Let me let me talk about schedule. You gotta have a schedule. See, a let, let me say this about a budget because it's important. A budget tells your money where to go, so you're not wondering where it went. Well, the same is true of a schedule. In a schedule, you're telling your day where to go, so you're not wondering where it went. You need a plan for your day. I promise you, if you get to the end of the day and you go, where did, where did today go? I don't feel like I accomplished my goals. I didn't, I didn't work out, I didn't eat healthy, I didn't seek God, I didn't spend time with my kids, I didn't, I didn't write the sermon, I didn't get the plan, I didn't, I'm just telling you, it's because you didn't have a schedule. What is your schedule? And anything that is important to you needs to be in a schedule. Now we believe the exact opposite of this. We believe if it's important to us, we don't need to schedule it. And that's not the case. If it's important to you and it's a priority and it's something that you want in your life, it has to go into schedule. You wanna seek God, schedule it. You wanna go on a date with your wife, schedule it. You want to eat right? Schedule it. You want to work out? Schedule it. You want to write a sermon? Schedule it. It you it has to get into a schedule. Um, I'm I'm currently cutting weight and changing my my life in the name of Jesus, and it, I've, I've been doing pretty good. I'm on, I'm about six weeks into this little journey that I'm on. And I, I've decided to I, and with the help of, of some really great people in my life, I have scheduled my eating. So I don't just eat when I want to eat. I eat according to a schedule. and I'm doing intermittent fasting. so I eat at one, I snack at about 3:30 and I eat at seven. That's when I eat. I schedule my eating. Now that I have a schedule for eating, I don't find myself at 11 p.m. in the drive-thru of In-N-Out Burger (laughs) eating a double-double going, dear God, what did I just do? Laying in bed with heartburn. No, I schedule my meals. So I eat lunch at 1 p.m., I eat a snack at 3.30, and I eat dinner at 7, and that's it. And I don't eat before that, and I don't eat after that, and that's when I eat. And that just that one little schedule. Now, now I've changed what I eat as well, but just changing when I eat has helped me to lose weight, and I sleep so much better. Uh, it, it's radically changed my sleeping patterns because I'm not going to bed on a full stomach, and now I'm also not going to bed full of crappy food but I'm not going to bed with a full stomach so um, a few things have happened in that change I'm I'm sleeping through the night I would wake up every night and have to use uh, the restroom number one praise the Lord I feel like I have to clarify that but I'd have to use the restroom I no longer do that I I literally thought do I have like a, a you know maybe a problem um with, with my, you know, with with all that. <laughs> well, no, I was just waking up because I was so uncomfortable that I'd kind of wake up in the middle of the night or I would be snoring so heavily that I'd kind of, you know, just kind of breathe weird and then wake up and then go, oh, I better use it and then I'll just go to the restroom. Well, I've, I'm not waking up anymore and I'm not snoring anymore. Now, I I still need to lose... I've, I, I won't tell you how much I've lost and how much I need to lose, but I need to lose a lot more. I've stopped snoring. Because it wasn't just about the weight, it was about what I was putting in my body. You need a schedule. Okay, so let's, let's talk about this. You must schedule when you work. Especially if you work from home, you gotta be on a schedule. But you have to be on a schedule Because then you have to be able to honor when to stop working. You need to schedule your meals. You need to schedule your workout. Anything that matters to you must be put on a schedule. Or you will find yourself scrolling on your phone for hours a day, wasting time and wasting time makes you tired. I'm just telling you right now, wasting time makes you tired. So you must have a schedule to your day, a plan to your day, and you have to have a moment in your day where you turn off work. Might be 4 p.m., might be 6 p.m., might be 5 p.m., might be 8 p.m. I don't, I, you know, I don't know your schedule, but you need a schedule and you need need a moment every day where where the laptop opens and you need a moment every day where the laptop closes. Plan your day. Schedule your day. Number three, honor the Sabbath. You must have a Sabbath. You must have a time of rest that is strategic, that is restful, that is enjoyable, that re-energizes you, and that is, again, back, back to schedule, that is planned. Honor the Sabbath. This is one of the Ten Commandments. It's not going away. Just like adultery isn't going away, just like murder isn't going away, just like idol worship isn't going away, honoring the Sabbath is not going away. Honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for you. Think about this. God said, that's what, that's what Jesus said. He said, the Sabbath is for you. It's a blessing to you. It's grace for you. It's rest for you. It's God saying, I will do more in six days than you could do in seven. It's very much like the tithe. God says, I'll I'll do more with your 90% than you could ever do with 100%. Honor the Sabbath. You need a planned day off, a scheduled day off where you rest. And If you rest when you should be working, you'll get in trouble. And if you work when you should be resting, you'll get in trouble. When it's time to work, work and work hard. When it's time to rest, rest. And honor God and honor your family in your resting. Think about David in 2 Kings chapter excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 11. In the spring, when it was time for kings to go to war, it was time to work, David stayed home. He was resting when he should have been working. Think about that. He should have been working. But but in the opposite if you're dishonoring the Sabbath, well, we know what happens. Maybe, maybe you don't know what happens. He sees Bathsheba, and a massive dumpster fire of sin ensues. Okay, there's adultery. There's murder. There's death. There's destruction. And the Bible said the sword never left David's home after that moment. In other words. David lived under a perpetual state of, of really God's judgment for what he did. So when you, when you rest when you should be working, you're going to you're get in trouble. When you work when you should be resting, you're going to get in trouble. Either way, rest when it's time to rest, work when it's time to work, and honor that but you must have a day of rest. Let me just get really practical for, for a second. If if your rest day, let, let's just say your Sabbath is a Saturday. Don't make Saturday just a busy day. So let's say you gotta clean the backyard and you wanna organize the garage and you got some projects to do now. Now, if that kind of stuff really energizes you like whatever, but it wouldn't energize me, I would submit do that either the day before or the evening before or do it little by little throughout the week so that your day off doesn't just become another work day. I just think you gotta be really careful about that. You really wanna try to sanctify your Sabbath day. What I mean by sanctify is you keep it holy, you keep it separate, you keep it other. Your Sabbath should have a totally different flow. Your Sabbath should have a totally different rhythm. Your Sabbath should have a totally different Feel than every other day, and and it's and it should be very sacred, and it should be family focused and rest focused, and it should be absolutely not work focused. Number four. You have to connect to the vision. Connect to the vision. If if you are working for an organization but you are not connecting to that organization. And I really want to talk to staff members and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about staff, I'm burdened for staff. You must connect heart to that vision. Remember, that's what the that's what the, the assistant said to Jonathan, I'm with you heart and soul. How do you connect heart and soul with the vision? I wanna I want just give you a few things. and there, Here's why this is important. Because a double-minded man cannot stand, that's what James said. So if you're in a church, but you're disconnected, if you're part of an organization, but you're looking for another job, if you're, I'm just telling you, that is going to be w- wearisome. You're going to grow weary. You're going to grow tired. You you must connect to the vision that the Lord has for you. And you got to go heart and soul. And even for senior pastors, you got to go heart and soul into it. So let me just give you a few ways to do this because, because what will happen is the vision, the house you're a part of, the church you're a part of, Will, will become a source of strength for you instead of a burden. It'll become a place of excitement for you instead of a instead of a burden. It'll be a, it'll be a blessing, not a burden. And if you do these first three things that we talked about, um, finding rest in the presence of God, planning your day, honoring your Sabbath, and now, now you connect to the vision. I'm just telling you, you're gonna be so full of faith, so full of excitement, and so full of spiritual energy. It's called zeal. Jesus said, the zeal for the house of God consumes me. So how how do I practically connect to the vision? Number one, give to it. If you are not tithing, it's, oh my God, if you're a staff member and you are not tithing to your local church, shame on you. If your spouse is not tithing to that local church, shame on you. If, if you work for a local church and maybe, maybe your spouse doesn't work for the church, you both need to tithe to that church, period. Now, I believe every believer needs to be a part of a local church and every believer should tithe to their local church, but especially a staff member. Return to me, Malachi chapter three, in the tithe and the offering. Connect your heart to the vision you work for. Jesus said, Your heart follows your treasure. Connect your heart to the vision, and it will bring energy to your life. And if your wife is in disagreement or your husband is in disagreement and you work for a church, I would. I would ask you to go to your higher up, your direct report, whatever you wanna call it, and you need to talk to them about that. Because you guys need to be in unity about this. Give to it, number two, pray for it. Pray for your church, pray for your organization, pray for the vision, pray. I remember hearing years ago that you you will not stay offended with a person you pray for daily. You will not stay offended with the person you pray for daily. Pray for your pastor, pray for your church, pray for the vision, pray for your part in the vision. It will bring spiritual energy to your job. Spiritual energy to what you're doing, spiritual energy to the part you play, pray, pray for it and pray for your pastors. So give to the vision, pray for the vision. Number three, speak life into the vision, speak life. Don't talk yourself out of the God thing you're a part of. And you go, I I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Of course you could because the spies did that. Remember over in Numbers? They said, there's giants in the land. And we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. And we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They talked themselves out of the vision. They talked themselves out of the greatness of God's call. And they missed out on their promised land because of their confession. They talked themselves out of what God wanted to do. It wasn't that God wouldn't let them in, it was that their own confession wouldn't let him in. So you gotta speak life. You have to be like Caleb and Joshua who said, we are well able to take the land. By the way, what happened? They took the land. We are well able to take the land. And they took the land. And so you have to get that confession in your mouth. So connect to the vision by giving to it, praying for it, and speaking life into it. Resisting gossip, refusing gossip, shutting down gossip, shutting down complaining, speaking life. And what will happen is that 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 spiritual tiredness will begin to go away. And there will be a spiritual energy that will be released through your giving, through your praying, and through your speaking. So if you're you're running low today, if you're in need of strength, if you're in need of energy, I want to challenge you to rest biblically. Rest through the Sabbath. Rest through a strategic plan to your day. Tell your day what you're going to do. Rest in the presence of God and wholeheartedly connect to the vision. And there will be a, there will be a strength. There will be a, I, I love this word because it's hard to, it's hard to explain what I mean by this, but there will become, there will be a levity to your life. There will there will be a lightness and a brightness to your life. And I I really believe that heaviness and that darkness can begin to lift off of you in the name of Jesus. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your future. I'm excited for our future. I'm excited for what God is doing in your churches and in your lives. And uh, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for my friends right now. I pray you meet them right where they're at. I pray you minister to them right where they're at. Even right now, I pray Holy Spirit begin to encourage, lead, guide, and speak to their current situation. And I do pray that as they come to you, return to you, lean into you. I thank you, Lord, that you will give them rest, and you will teach them the unforced rhythms of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next month.